Welcome to the Who Cares Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Hedinger. Care matters. You feel better when you know somebody cares about you. And people feel better when they know you care about them. But there is so much more. Mastering caring skills equips you to engage with people around some very heavy subjects when they need care and help the most. And as people respond to you, you will be energized to realize that your care is making a difference. But most of all, when people of faith care effectively, the world is able to experience God's love and care. So we're here with stories and with leaders to talk about grief, trauma, addiction, mental illness, poverty, and more so that we can find the answer to the questions, how can we care better? What can we do to provide the best care? Today, I welcome back to the podcast, Jim Gilbert. We're going to talk about PTSD and faith. How? What actually is PTSD? You know what? It's nice guys that get PTSD. And also, faith can be uh, the help when nothing else helps, and faith can even help us help the guy with PTSD. But Jim Gilbert is just a great guy. He's a, uh, a CPA, business development man. Brilliant. Everybody that works with Jim comes away a little bit or a whole lot better and well off. I know for the years I've worked with Jim, that's the way it has gone for me. And he has a heart for PTSD from his own life, from his own family. And I'm just so glad he's here to talk about it today. But before Jim and I have our conversation about PTSD, I want you to know that this podcast is brought to you by Best Care Ministry. For more real-life stories about care and useful resources and important organizations that provide wonderful care for people, go to our website, bestcareministry.com. It's also a great opportunity to get connected with the care ministry world. And you can support us financially with a one-time or a recurring gift on the donate page of our website. Please consider doing this so that we can continue to bring these podcasts and develop products and resources to help you care, to help care ministries thrive, all so that people experience God's love in every need in their life. Now, let's listen to my conversation with Jim Gilbert on PTSD and the Faith Connection. Jim, thanks for being on the podcast with me again. Uh, I think this is your third time. I, it's a difficult topic, but I know it's near and dear to your heart. I appreciate you being here. Yeah, thank you, Dan. Appreciate it. I look forward to the opportunity to have a discussion and support uh, uh, the topic of PTSD and those people that are impacted by it and 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 uh, bring in the love of Christ to, to this message. So I appreciate it very much. Well, here it is. Uh, Veterans Day weekend. So I think it's appropriate we talk about this topic again this weekend. And my dad is one of my heroes. He's with the Lord now, but I always think about him on Memorial Day. I mean, I think about him a lot, but especially on Memorial Day and Veterans Day. Uh, my dad was a machine gunner on a B-17 in World War II. Uh, he was shot down 
on his 28th mission. 28 missions, 28 bombing raids. He saw some stuff. Yeah, he did. And, uh, and he experienced some stuff. And a few years ago, uh, I, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but around where you live uh, in Centennial Airport, about once a year, a B-17 flies in. Mm-hmm. And I went and walked through it. I would have liked to have flown in it, but it was kind of expensive to get a flight in it. So I went and <laughs> walked in it. And then I called my dad and I said, Dad, I, uh, I walked through a B-17 today. And he said, you know, that little, that door in the back of that small fuselage? I said, yeah. He said, that's what I was heading towards when the plane blew up. And he didn't even remember actually pulling the ripcord or jumping out of the plane. Obviously, he did. And others have told me that what happens when you... Uh, are at elevation or altitude is when you have oxygen deprivation. Memory is the first thing to go. So he might have consciously been doing that. He just doesn't remember it. But that's my dad's experience. And so on Veterans Day, I think of him and, and you being my friend and a regular, we talk about PTSD. Do you think my dad experienced PTSD? Well, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he was frightened out of his mind when, when getting shot down, I'm sure. Right. And probably, probably the training that he got, he probably went through the procedures and the, that, that, and like you said, and, and obviously he made it. So that's good. Right. So the training helped, uh, but I'm, I'm sure he was uh, frightened out of his mind. I, I can only imagine what that would look like, you know, if you and I were have to experience that. <clears throat> and so then think too, how old was he? Probably 21, 22. Right. Uh, he woke up on the ground, okay. surrounded by German farmers. Uh-oh. So, he, you know, he passed out going out and he landed uh, and then was just coming to after he landed, surrounded by German farmers, mostly with pitchforks and shovels. One had a, a shotgun. Uh, he had a badly sprained ankle, so he wasn't going to run. And they took him to a local jail and then the soldiers came and picked him up. I think it was SS soldiers. Mm-hmm. took him to a box car and mm-hmm. they were loaded on each other uh, to where there was no standing room. I mean, only standing room. They were one on top of the other uh, off to one of the German Stalags. And that's where he spent 11 months. So I'm, I'm sure here's a sign of my dad's PTSD. My dad was one of the guys you hear about that didn't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Very common. Yeah, I think so. Right. <clears throat> we've, we've talked about that. It's very common not to talk about it. Right. Because who, who are you going to talk to about it? <laughs> right. In your own mind. So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Who are you going to talk about it that's going to understand? Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, we, we've talked about that, especially World War II, Korean era. Uh, Vietnam, you know, I've got several relatives that in those campaigns and, you know, you almost have to pry it out of them. He'll tell me more, you know, like, like my grandfather, Russell, who was at Iwo Jima, you know, where the, whether you see the, the, the guys raising the flag, well, my grandfather was there and, you know, only did we know he was really kind of a hero is he got something from president Nixon in like 1974 that said, you know, thank you for your service and thank you for, 
you know, doing what you did for our country. Without you, we would not have, uh, you know, taken that uh, position at Iwo Jima. And so, and, and then, you know, I, I being a little boy at the, in the, during those times, you know, we, we, we talked to him about it, but, and then, you know, he kind of got, got it off his chest and, he, and that was it. Never heard from it again, but I, I'm sure he had a lot of rich stories, a lot of things. And, you know, when he came back from the war, the, my grandma said that, you know, he was uh, kind of quiet, kind of um, didn't really want to talk about it because I'm sure he didn't want to unnerve his wife with whatever he went through. Right. I'm sure that was very unnerving. And, uh, you know, and just never, never said much about it, which that I'm sure I'm sure that uh, probably probably gnawed at him his whole life, you know, at, during his whole adult life. And so, yeah, it's very common, I think, that for PTSD people to keep it to themselves. And, you know, when you, when you go to, when you go to the PTSD uh, classes and group sessions, that's one of the things the the doctors try to, to teach, teach their participants. Do, 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 you know, you can, it's okay to be vulnerable, right? And, and you can, you can talk about it. You're in the comfort of people that have experienced similar trauma, you know, that, that kind of thing. So yeah, it's very, very common. I, I see that a lot. Well, our last guest uh, who was on with you and me, uh, mm -hmm. Anthony, Anthony yeah, huh? the way he said it made a lot of sense to me. The only people he really wants to talk to are others that experience the same thing. Mm -hmm. And so if my dad didn't have somebody like him to talk to, he, he was not just going to share his stories because nobody else could really understand. Now, throughout the course of his life, me as his son, I would occasionally get him to tell stories. Uh, but the only times I remember my dad talking about this is, number one, we would have family devotions a lot. We called it family altar in our family. And he would, especially at Christmas time, pray for soldiers who were at war. But here's the thing, Jim. When my dad prayed for them, he always wept. He, it would get to him that at the time that we were at home unwrapping gifts with Christmas lights up and a hammer, a turkey in the oven, he knew there were guys overseas and gals going through hell and it would break his heart. That was one time repeatedly I could remember him talking about it. The, the second time is when we would uh, get him by asking questions to start telling a few stories. But he never just rambled on and on. I don't think he ever talked to us about it when we didn't want to hear it. Uh, he just didn't talk about it. Now, here's another thought. I'm using my dad as uh, a launching point to our discussion here. But the one thing I thought about my dad <clears throat> the one thing I thought about my dad is my dad was a regular guy, a teenager, hunting, fishing, driving cars too fast. He liked to drive fast. He actually wanted to fly a fighter plane in the war, but he ended up being a machine gunner and a bomber. That's what he was like before he went to the war. 
he wasn't a hardcore warrior. He didn't hate people. He didn't want to kill people. He didn't want to blow things up. He wanted to defend freedom. He wanted to stop Hitler. He wanted to be part of stopping the advancement of Nazism across Europe. And he enlisted and joined the Air Force. That's the kind of guy he was. And I think those kinds of people experience PTSD because the trauma they experience is counter to who they are as a person. Can you expand on that a little bit? Well, yeah, I, you know, I think, it, I think that's, I think that's uh, very accurate. You know, and, and if you think about the, the typical uh, military person, you know, when you go to boot camp, they sort of break you down and, and then they bring you, bring you back up. So that's it, in its, in its own self, kind of the way, a little bit of, a little bit of trauma to the person because they've sort of re-engineered you, especially if you're like your dad, right? And that's probably... 95% of the people that join the military, just, just your average citizen that want to do great things for their country. And, you know, and then, and then when you, when you experience things that are beyond your wildest dreams, like your dad p- passing out and being in some farmer's field, I, I can't even imagine waking up going with, with farmers with pitchforks and shotguns and going, Oh, oh not, not, what, what's going on now? Because you're not really, you're not really trained for that. You know, um, there are schools that the military has for escape and evasion class, you know, courses and stuff like that, but you're never, never going to really realize that to that. So, you know, it's, it's not, it's not normal for human beings to be a part of these kind of traumatic, it's that kind of the fight or flight kind of mentality that they have to experience. And I, I think just the, think about your dad for 11 months, right? And in 11 months, he had experienced pretty stressful time that where somebody was, I'm sure he, he, he probably would, you know, wasn't the best conditions as well. And so I think normal people, normal people, more normal functioning people that was a teenager driving, driving a fast car, just, just doing what they do when they experience these kind of things. I think it's just very unnerving, but it's, it's not abnormal. I think that's, that's the thing. That's the, that's the misnomer. I think that most people, it's not, it's not, um, um, not a bad thing to say I experienced some some bad things and that's not normally what we do right I mean it's it's death death it could be death or it could be you know all, all all variations of that from from living a great life and stuff like that so you take somebody out of their environment and you put them in that kind of stuff like your dad you know being a, a POW for 11 months that that's incredible right and think about think about all the stories that he could have said to all of you in all in those eleven months that he was in, in those in the Stalag, you know. And it's, uh, you know, he had to internalize that. So you know, a lot of times in the military, you're 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 told to internalize that, you know, and just deal with it and try to absorb it and keep moving on because it's the mission and what we're trying to do, is what what's the primary factor. So then, while you're in the in the middle of it, you're this normal person you're absorbing this, this kind of trauma and stress. And, uh, it, it, you know, and then at some point, at some point you have to deal with it and say, like your dad, when he came home, he was probably in his own mind going, wow, I'm, I'm free now, (laughs) but I just had 11 months of trauma and stress that, that he, he would have. And so then I think everybody, everybody deals with that, that kind of stuff differently. We're all different. So we're, none of us are trained for this and, and everything, everybody's trauma and stress is different, you know, and, 
you know, like we've talked about my wife's dad, who is a special forces guy in Vietnam. You know, we, we talked about that, you know, when you, when you, when he, when he killed 38 people over his two tours in Vietnam, I I can't imagine how that changed because he was just an average kid, (laughs) you know, going to, going to high school and being with girls and goofing off and, working, you know, just living a life. And so, but, but he did, when he came back, he was different. And, um, you know, so it, it kind of re-engineered him, you know, where he didn't really want to talk about. So think about for me, Dan, I've, I've been married to his daughter for years. It took him 10, 15 years to even talk to man. He goes, I'm going to tell you because you you were in the military. I've never told anybody that. Right. So even in all those, those PTSD classes that I went with him and him and Dr. Sandine and those guys, it never and never came out. He never said anything. And then at one point, you know, I think he just felt like he needed to get off his, his chest. But he but he did say he did say to me how it made him a different person that he, and he felt bad about it. He felt guilty for it, for, for the trauma and the stress of you know, his time, time in Vietnam and stuff like that. But you're right. We're, we're not engineered. We're not engineered for that. And I think it changes you. And I mean, it's it's. Like, you know, it's like not, not death by a thousand cuts, but it's trauma by a thousand cuts in a way. Right. So, yeah, you can't get all this, those 11 months for your dad. I can't imagine day by day by day and just have to deal with that. And, um, you know, it changed him. So, you know, he's not, not going to, not going to be the same guy. You know, Anthony told us this, right, Dan, he told us when people go off, whether it's to boot camp or go off to war, People move on. The normal people that are living their lives back home, they're just doing their thing, going to the grocery store, going to the movies, and you're off doing your thing, and you come back, and their relationships and their lives have moved on and with, without you. And you, you and it's hard, to, uh, even from that, even if you had zero trauma, to, to get assimilated back into that because everybody's moved on. And so there, that's, there's a, you know, your normalcy is, is gone, right, whether it's you had experienced trauma or not. Well, the one main point I wanted to make as we're starting today is you and I are talking. I just want to go back and review for the sake of clarity. We hear a lot about PTSD. And it's not even that we have to understand PTSD, but the one thing that's new to me, even as we prepared for this podcast, something I just hadn't thought about, is the reason there's so much PTSD among our American soldiers is because they have a good heart. They have a heart for wanting to help. They have a heart for, for freedom, for their country, for coming against bad. And then they see terrible, terrible things that shock their mind, that shock their soul, that hurt them deeply. And it's very hard to deal with what they have to see because of the type of people they are, in spite of their training. And I think here on, you know, at the time of Veterans Day, I just want to, Anthony doesn't like this, but I just want to say thank you to, to the vets. I just want to say thank you for doing the most awful things that you don't want to do that have hurt you and wounded you even in visible ways that have wounded your mind and wounded your soul uh, by, by seeing something that you didn't want to see. And, and I, 
uh, thank you just doesn't seem like enough. But again, the purpose of this podcast is to help people care better. And I do think it helps people to realize that, that we recognize they went through something, even if we don't understand. We don't pretend to understand, but we recognize they went through something and we want to understand them and we want to understand that they do have a problem and it came about because they're a good person. Right. No, I agree. <clears throat> no, you're right. We, we thank all the, all the, the veterans and everybody that have served. And, um, you know, I think a part of our podcast purposes as well is that if you take a minute out of your life and you think about if you, if you, you know, act like Christ and, you know, God commands us to love others. So if you take a minute and allow, allow a veteran to be vulnerable provide a, a, a safe, comfortable, um, environment, non-judgmental, you know, and you know, everybody reacts differently. That's the other thing. I'm sure you, maybe your dad was just had a, probably had a normal life. Other people act out. There's all kinds of ways that when people come back from these stresses and, you know, it's, um, if, if we cared for those people, especially, especially the, even the people that never even saw combat, they go off for two, three, four years to come back. You know, welcome them back into the community and say, "Hey, thank you very much. Let's let's get you back with your friends and your your you know your cousins and your girlfriend and your whatever, right? And get get people back into you know and just take a minute to say, hmm, they've been gone for a while. We've been we 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 non non uh, non military people. We've been living our lives. Thank thanks to those people that have served for us and." provided the freedom and the protections that we get every day against evil and all the different things that are going on in life. You know, that, I guess that's, that'll, that'll, that would be my word and passion. I always listen to a veteran who needs help no matter what is like you and I've had recently with, with a veteran that reached out for some housing needs and different things. And um, you know, what, what can we do? What can we do to rally around those folks, you know, for those people that have had their lives have been changed and, need a little bit of help, right? Just a little bit of help and understanding, a little bit of love, right? That's it. So, so Jim, you and I wanted to talk about this today. How mm -hmm. does faith make a difference in the life of somebody experiencing PTSD? Now, the main thing they want us to do is listen to them, to, to try to understand them and not to ask them to act normal. But as men of faith, you and me, uh, is there anything we can give them from our faith, or is there anything about the Christian faith that can help them? For instance, we serve a suffering Savior. If, if you look at the crucifixion of Christ— if you look at the New Testament message, there's a lot of trauma there. Uh, I think of the current series of ads, Jesus Gets Us. Jesus would get the PTSD soldier. He knows what it's like to be traumatized. So what does the Christian faith make sense to a person with PTSD? Well, I, I think it, I think it could, um, you know, I, I, who, who never lets us down our Lord and Savior, you know, only the only 
person, whatever, whatever you want to say, the only person that we can say who will never let us down, you know, the, the love of Christ and the Holy Spirit and um, just, you know, having having faith in God and praying to God and devotion and, you know, staying, staying close to the God and having a relationship because he wants to have a relationship with us. Right. I think it's super important because God's never going to let you down. You, you you may have some some bad times and you may not, not understand, but I think it's important because I mean, at least you think about the spiritual side of things, right? I mean, we all have a spiritual side to us, and you know where where else do you get that from, right? <laughs> from the love of Christ, right? And 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 how God enters your life and that kind of stuff. And I I always tell people, I will let you down. Dan will let you down. But God will never let you down. If you believe in God, I mean that 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 guy put himself on a cross and died for us and got, you know, beat traumatically and suffered a lot for for the years he was on this earth for our salvation. And so this this life is. I always say this. I tell military guys and gals. I say, life is like a vapor. This is this will go by pretty quick. But I, I want to be in the kingdom of heaven with God. And say, hey hey, I'd like I want to be with you. No more pain. No more suffering. We'll get back to kind of all kind of everybody's in even even footed there as well. And so, you know, I've 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 spent my whole life trying to help guys with that and say, you know, get get yourself involved in in a church. I mean, those those people those people are could be very good for you. You know, they they're they're in the word. They're going to support God. That kind of stuff. So I think it's uh, I think it can be really good. Our faith can be really good. And, and when, when all things are, things are bad, nobody's listening to you. You're not getting what you want from, from the human side of things. You know, I think it's, uh, it could be really good and just having a silent moment of prayer and silent moment of consideration. And, you know, you know, the better words than I would, but just contemplating life and saying, okay, uh, you know, I can get the love of God and I can be around God and, and I don't have to worry about, having a conversation with Jim or Dan about what I don't want to talk about because it's in your mind, right? You can talk to God and pray to God. And I think, I think it's super important to think about that and in your own way, it doesn't have to be perfect. So that's the, that's the thing, you know, as you and I've talked about Denise's dad and um, you know, he, he was like, well, I'm, 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 a, I'm, you know, I have traumas and I have outfits. I'm like, Roy, it's okay. God, God's not going to judge you. We as humans, we might judge you. Right. We're not good at that stuff, but he, he won't do that. And it's uh, that's all you need in life. Right. At the end of the day, I mean, it's even if the world fails you. I mean, that's the love of crisis. There's nothing like it. Uh, but but there's but, but the other thing is there are there are others like you and I who would support a veteran in a minute. Right. What do you need? Uh, we'll glad to help you. Right. We'll pray with you. You know, so I think I think it is important to have faith and uh, be a Christian and, and, you know, accept Christ as your savior and. And live a new life. It's kind of like a new life that you probably didn't have time or, the, or, you know, who knows what your dad was thinking about for 11 months, right? He probably was thinking, oh boy, I don't know. Probably had some doubt in his mind, probably thinking, hey, my, how am I going to get out of here? But, but maybe, maybe he was like, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to love God. I'm, I'm going to pray. And it's, it's going to, so one way or the other, it's coming to the end, right? It, it, all this pain in this life will come to the end one way or the other, and we'll be able to be at the kingdom of heaven at some point, right? That's how I look at it, right? So I, my reward with the, with a relationship with Christ is, is to be with him in heaven, you know, so me personally. But. 
uh, a relationship with Christ certainly does give hope of a better destination mm-hmm. because because without that, it's bad and who knows where it's going. Mm-hmm. But if it's bad and you know it's gone somewhere well, that's a help. Mm-hmm. So again, just a moment of clarification for those who are listening. In the first part, probably the the main audience would have been people uh, trying to understand what PTSD is when the vet certainly knows. But as we're talking now, I'm hoping that maybe a vet is listening and he's going, I have nobody to talk to. And you and I are trying to tell him that our faith is a faith that understands PTSD. Not because you and I understand it, not because the church understands it, not because there's a program or a class they go to, but because their Savior understands it, our mm-hmm. God understands it, our God understands them. And the one thing I would say is God has given us this amazing gift called prayer. It's mysterious because it feels like it's unbelievable. We're praying to the invisible. But in our curriculum that we now have for best care ministry, the seven essentials of care, all of those essentials are modeled by God. And God offers to be present in our lives. If we just invite him into our life, he promises to be present. Even if we don't always feel him, he's always there. 24 7 365 looking with both eyes and listening with both ears and number two he's always listening to us how can god have time to listen to you and me with all the problems in the world but he promises that he does and he not only listens to us kind of like maybe our prayer somehow reaches heaven in some mysterious way no 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 He is listening so closely that he even repeats what we have said. That's part of the meaning of intercession. So if there's a guy listening or a gal listening today who is suffering from PTSD that says, nobody understands me, I want to say, I'm sorry, you're probably right. But there is one person that understands you, and it's God himself. And because of Jesus' work on the cross, even if you are guilty of something, the price of your guilt has been paid for. And forgiveness is offered to you. And fellowship with the God of the universe, being present with you, comforting you, loving you, healing you, forgiving you, is available to you. So seek that. And you and me, Jim, Maybe we can't listen enough to a PTSD person, but we sure do like telling them about the God who does listen enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, well said. Well said. I, I, I have to agree with you. You know, it's, uh, there's nothing like God, you know, how, how many times in our lives, I mean, for me personally, just, you know, no matter how, how uh, impacted I wa- uh, have been through the course of my life, there, there are days when I just have to say, okay, God, <laughs> all the things going on in my life, I, I, I'm, I'm at my wits end. I need you to take the steering wheel. I need you to, to take it over. 
you know, how many times have I done that with, um, you know, I can tell you stories and where, you know, Albuquerque police comes over to my house and says, <laughs> your father-in-law is having a, a PTSD rage. We want you to come over and help us so we don't have to arrest him. Right. Cause he's, he's a nuisance to the public that there, there were a couple of times where I'm like, when I was over there, I said, you know what? I, th I think this is beyond my level of understanding what I can do. I'm not trained for this. I don't think anybody could where I'm like, okay, God, here we go. I'm, and you need to take the steering wheel because you're a greater power than me. You're all being, you're all knowing that kind of stuff. Please just, just take, take control of the situation. And you know what, inevitably what happens in most things in life, they work themselves out sometimes mysteriously. There are times when all of a sudden, uh, you know, R Roy was very calm all of a sudden. It's like, well, he was just raging and saying bad words and, you know, ranting to rave in front of the neighborhood. Right. <laughs> right. And all of a sudden he's calm. And then, then, you know, I, the Albuquerque police would say, do you, do you think it thinks okay? Or do we need to take him to the, to the VA? And so no, I think he's okay. Right. And that's an example of kind of an extreme example, but <laughs> I can tell you, Dan, there's been some times where I was like, oh, I, don't, I don't know what to do. And everybody's scared. And I was like, well, I'll, I'll jump in the pile with this, you know, and, and God, God always helped us no matter what. So, so, you know, you really just gave us a third section of our conversation today. First section was understanding PTSD. Second section was realizing the value of faith. If you're in PSD, PTSD, the third section is if you know somebody that's in PTSD, you need God's help too to help them. <laughs> that's right. That's absolutely right. And right. sometimes that's really probably the person who's going to be listening to this podcast because they care about care. Mm -hmm. And we look at some of these problems in our world with mental health, with depression, with addiction, with illness, and with grief. And we go, the, the problems are just too big. The, there's just too many. I can't do anything. I, I can't fix this. I can't make the problems go away. I don't know what to say. Well, that doesn't mean we should quit caring. That right. doesn't mean we should throw in the towel and just be selfish. What mm -hmm. we have to do is exactly what we're talking about here. We go, God, you cared about me enough to die on a cross. So help me serve you by caring for others. Uh, may you care through me. Mm -hmm. and, and so on Veterans Day weekend, help me find a vet that I can at least say something to or, or, or help me support a veteran's cause on our blog at bestcareministry.com. I have a blog post with uh, a link to the, the VA and where they can go and a, a listener can go and find a whole list of ideas of ways we can support vets. And the point we're making today is saluting a vet, supporting a vet, thanking a vet is... Supporting a vet is not just something nice to do, but it heals. It, 
it might even save a life. It, it might be just what's needed at that time. So I, I really appreciate you talking about this today. And I hope as we've gone through these three stages of what, what even is PTSD and, the, and it's the good guys that get it, faith helps and faith helps us help them. Uh, mm-hmm. th- th- I like the way that flowed, Jim. That, that's where we need to be as we care for people. Well, you know what? You know what? I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, Dan. It could be as simple as this on a, on a Veterans Day. If if you know a veteran, call them up and say thank you for your service. Take them to lunch. Take them to breakfast, and spend an hour of your life and say thank you as a citizen of the United States. Thank you for doing what you did. Ask them for their story if they'll let you. If they will, and and ask them ask them if they um, if they love Christ or if they because. Who's the better helper of all? I mean, you can only do so much at lunch or breakfast with some some veteran. I mean, it's simple as that. I, I we do that a lot. I mean, there there'll be a guy like I'll call up somebody and say, "Hey, let's how, can can we go to lunch?" and just listen to their story. Yeah, you know, I was in the Marines. I was in you know some SOCOM unit, and I did this, and you know Afghanistan. And just you know, they it's it's nice to say to allow allow that person to say, "Here's here's what I did. Here's my my service back to our country." And to listen to them. And then maybe you have a new friend. Maybe they have a new friend. And then, you know, you can leave it like that or just say, call me anytime. As you you and I have talked about some some veterans we're working with, sometimes they go dark on you, right? But you say, you can always call me. I'm glad to help you. Like you and I helped try to help a veteran the other day on some, some things they were struggling with. And so we know people. We know resources. We can, we can do what we can. But other than that, we'll pray for you. And, and God will work it out. He always does. Always works it out, right? And so, I mean, if you think about that, I I have some other friends that I've encouraged to do that, and they're doing that. They're they're like, my neighbor was in Vietnam. I'm going to call him up on say right around Veterans Day. Hey, can I take you to lunch? And as a as a citizen citizen of the U.S., can I take you to lunch and listen to your story? And and thank you, thank you for your service. I mean, think about what that does to, to the common common veteran. They'd be like, oh, okay, uh, no one's ever done that for me, right? Com- compared to like the, you know, the, the soldiers coming back from Vietnam getting spit on and yelled at and screamed at. What what a, what a thing if every every one of us did that for a veteran, even, you know, especially, especially in today's world, I think it's getting even more evil and more critical and more drastic with the things that are going on in Israel and all the different countries around the world. You just got to say thank you, thank you very much, thank you for being a, um, you know, a supply person helping provide supplies to our troops in Afghanistan or, or wherever that is. You know, thank you very much for your service and that kind of thing. So I think it's a, it's important to, you know, go beyond yourself. How can how can I serve others? How can I help a veteran? That's one idea that I always tell people, and I think veterans would love it. You know, I take my eighty year old uncle to lunch whenever I can, and and I say thank you, you know, Uncle Fred. And then I'll, I'll get him to tell me about the stories in Vietnam and, and his cavalry unit, and, and he'll talk about it. And it's amazing. I think he's just he's in awe that somebody would take him to lunch and say thank you very much, right? And and I think it's uh, I think it's good for you know all of us to do that for veterans, one way or the other. You know, come to church with me, that kind of stuff. It took me 15 years to get Denise's dad, Roy, to come to church with me, and I, I finally got him to come with me. And guess what? 
15 years later, he, he, he comes down and he accepts Christ as a savior at Riverside Baptist church. To me, to me, that was like a super bowl for me and me and him. I didn't know if he'd ever do that, but he, I think he was convicted. I think he's in heaven today because of that, which happened about six months before he passed. So, I, so I'm, I'm super happy about that. It wasn't always a rose garden, but you know, that that's the kind of things. And I, I'd have people call him and say, Hey, I'm I'm Mary Mary Sue, the ba- local baker. Why don't you come by and get a get a pastry at my shop? Come come by, Roy, and some, let me let's talk about it. Let's drink a cup of coffee. How, how's your day going? You know, just normal the golden rule: treat others how, how you would want to be treat, treated. I think it go a long ways for all of us that can help our veterans and the ones that have PTSD or moderate PTSD or no PTSD. You know, that, I think it's just a good way to say thank you firefighters, police officers, I don't care who it is. Those of uh, those people that protect us, those people are wonderful, you know. Medical people, they they have a lot of trauma as well, so just you can go on and on and on on different types of people. So yep, and you could go on and on and on and we need to. So let's you and me keep the conversation going in future interviews. Let's keep talking about it so that we're helping those people who are going through hard times because there's a lot. Like you said, first responders medical people. That's right. But as we sign off today, Jim, I just happened to think of this. A lot of times I'll see a guy wearing a cap, you know, mm-hmm. and it'll say World War II vet or uh, Korean War, Vietnam War, Afghanistan. Yeah. I'll see bumper stickers or my dad used to have a POW license plate. Mm-hmm. My dad was shy and reserved, but he had his license plate with pride on his car. Mm -hmm. And if somebody would head down the road and give him a salute, he appreciated it. That's awesome. Anytime a guy wears a cap, has a bumper sticker on his car, he wants to be recognized. Even if it's a little bit, he's saying, this is who I am. This is what I did. And when we recognize that we're part of the solution, not part of the problem. Always appreciate working with you, Jim. I think these conversations are helpful. I look forward to more of them. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Dan. Appreciate the opportunity for the conversation and and supporting our veterans and, and PTSD. Thank you. Thanks again, Jim, for the great conversation. Hey, I've got some other people I want to thank, too. Zach Harder wrote and performed the opening music. Jim Hedinger wrote and performed the closing music. It's titled In the Midst of the Storm. Andrew Hedinger is the editor and publisher of this podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Best Care Ministry. Please help us grow it. Would you subscribe to the podcast, share it, tell people about it, colleagues, family members, friends, uh, ministry leaders, Get it out there so that, that we can work and help uh, ministries grow and care better. And visit our website, bestcareministry.com, for many more real-life care stories, resources, and organizations and ideas uh, that just help people do care. Best Care Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation. Please consider making a donation so that we can reach more people, offer more resources, help people thrive in their care ministry, so that we build a culture of care and more people feel and experience God's love. Well, thanks again for listening. 
and now take two minutes for self-care. Listen to the quiet, contemplative music of Jim Hedinger. Spend a few moments of stillness and just listen. See what you hear.